Good afternoon and welcome to episode six of So What's Been Happening? Uh, an exciting Sunday, 2 p.m. on a Sunday. Uh, what would we normally be doing now outside of lockup? Um, I know pretty sure I'd be at a gig somewhere or a beer garden in Melbourne, uh, enjoying the sunshine, um, probably listening to a band, no doubt. Um, plenty of acoustic great bands in Melbourne. And I can't wait to do that again shortly with this man, Mr. Mark Burke. How are we, Berkey? Very well, Ads. Very well. Hello, viewers. Welcome to this auspicious occasion, this one. Looking forward to this one, Ads. Yeah, look, it's uh, we episode six. We never thought we'd get past episode one. <laughs> and it was, the plan was to just jump on Facebook Live and have a chat with who, whoever of our, our mates jumped on and, and wanted to have a chat. And it's, it's great that we've uh, been able to secure one of our good friends, um, and one of Melbourne's finest musos, no doubt. So before we uh, touch base on that, Berkey, um, the week that's been so far, it's it's been up and down, no doubt. Um, mm -hmm. Dan, the man, hasn't let us out of our cages yet, and it's going to be a slow climb. Um, but hopefully we're, we're down to single digits now. Um, how do you think the, the next part of the next week's going to go for you? Uh, our week's been positive, pretty, right? Yeah, our week's been pretty ordinary, but um, other than that, I, I can see that, the measures are working, which is great. Uh, there's been a bit of life around the place, so that's that's looking looking better. So fingers crossed, as that we're uh, that we're coming to the end of it. Absolutely, we've got our one of our gig buddies jumped on early, Jenny Jones, to say hi. So hi, Jen. Great to see you. Um, so Berkey, uh, where would we normally be? As I mentioned, you, no doubt you'd be standing next to me at a bar um, somewhere, or you would have dragged me to another gig. Um, tell me more than likely where we'd be on a Sunday afternoon. Well, anywhere that probably had a big screen TV that could show the replay of last night's Collingwood uh, versus whoever game as for the <laughs> for the 18th time I would have watched that. But uh, we'd probably be at uh, could be at the retreat or um, maybe down to Torquay, down to the uh, down to the big pub down there. That's that's always a ripper. Yeah, look, I can't wait as we get out of lockup to be able to get out and support some local acts again and most importantly, put some money back into the coffers of bars and cafes alike. And I can't wait to do a bit of a road trip down to uh, Gippsland area or down to the Great uh, Great Ocean Road to, to support sure. a few of those places. So can't wait for that to happen again. Yay. Now, Berkey, um, we've been able to secure a good friend of ours, a good, definitely good mm -hmm. friend of yours, and I'm glad to be able to call this by a friend. Who are we talking about here, Berkey? Uh, the great man Charles Jenkins. I uh, I first met Chuck going back uh, a few years ago, back at Gaslight, uh, when he was behind the jump there, and I, I knew he was in this band that I used to love, and uh, I just popped my head around the court and wait till he was the next person that could serve me, and always made sure that I got Chuck to get my next forty-five or whatever it was going to be. So, but he's got me in down the right path on a few choices. I'd, I'd go in there often and say, "Oh, what do you think?" What's, what's the next one, Charles? You know, blah, what do you think? And uh, yeah, he's always always held me in good stead. So lucky to have this great man on. Uh, if you haven't seen him before, you're in for a treat, folks, because he's going to play a few tracks of his own. And without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Charles Jenkins. Good afternoon, Chuck. Thank you, gentlemen. Far away, 
her father released the hounds and they soon tracked us down she whispered in their ear and they turned back around to misery when i wonder what she said she just looks and shakes her head I got you and I love how it fled misery. She walked me across the water. She flew me over the borderline far away. She walked me across the water. She flew me over the borderline far away. Lovely start, great man. Chuck, thanks, thanks for coming on. It's, uh, we're wrapped to have you on, Mud. So, uh, real, real huge thank you to our little show. Pleasure. Thanks for asking. <laughs> You're always on the list to get on there, mate. And uh, so, yeah, real, it's a real treat for us. Uh, that's off the new album, Chuck. But we want to take it firstly, take it back to where it all began for you. So, can you give us a can you give us a start where the where the songwriting thing happened for you? Um, yeah, okay, so I, um, where it all started, so I used to, in my youth, um, before I, before I actually was playing guitar, I would, I would rewrite lyrics from existing songs to make them Adelaide-centric. I grew up in Adelaide, and, um, so my oldest brother, eldest brother was a big fan of Skyhooks. And as you know, the, a lot of the Greg McCainish's songs were about Melbourne and Carlton and Turak, et cetera, et cetera, Baldwin. Um, and so I would rewrite them uh, to make them about Adelaide. I don't take too kindly to the people that go down hindly. I remember it was one of my earliest couplets. Um, well, and then I learned guitar. Thank you. And then I learned guitar. Uh, but it's always... You know, when I say I learnt guitar, um, I didn't really, like I would just learn a couple of chords, I'd learn Wild Thing and then I'd write my own version of Wild Thing and I'd learn a Who song and I don't know, it just kept on going like that. Um, and then eventually it led to bands and it led to recording and it led, it led to where I am now with, with you wonderful gentlemen. That was a very Reader's Digest abridged <laughs> version, I'm sorry. But, um, yeah, so... That's how it all started. Um, the first band I was in was called Rigor Mortis. Uh, our first album was going to be called Rigor Mortis Sets In, but unfortunately John Entwistle from The Who already had a record called Rigor Mortis Sets In. And then after that, the Mad Turks formed and Adelaide was, uh, you know, you guys might recall that, um, you know, there wasn't much else you know, it was pre-kind of computers were just coming in. Of course, no internet. It was just, you do your first run of a vinyl seven-inch single and and the minimum amount that you were able to do at the pressing plant, plant, plant beg your pardon, was, um, was like 2,000 copies and they would all sell. It was just, so yeah, I was very lucky to kind of grow up at that time and with with that Adelaide scene. I learnt writing songs by just going to see lots of Adelaide bands. There's some great greasy pop acts from that time. Uh, and I just wrote song after song after song and they were all terrible. <laughs> yeah. When do you think it started coming together for you then? What was the first... I'm, I'm a big fan, as you probably might have heard over the journey, that uh, I'm a big fan of the Mad Perks. Uh, but... So where do you think it started to click for you, Chuck? Um, I, it, it was just so hit or miss. You know, I couldn't, I didn't really know what was, 
what what made up a good song. I mean, I listened to lots and I would ape lots of songs. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't really have any formula to it. Uh, the first Mad Turks record was lots of fun because it was just kind of 12 bar songs. That's how we started out. We started out as kind of rockabilly act because three chords was mostly what I could handle. Um, and then it just developed from there. The Unfortunately for the rest of the band, I was kind of learning songwriting whilst being in that band. And I would come along to rehearsal each week. We would practice two nights a week. Oh, my Lord. And they were just such fun. It, it shot my hearing to bits, but they were just such fun rehearsals. And I would come along with a song that, you know, had a million chords in it. <laughs> And I would, I would come back the next week and, and say, you know, because we couldn't record them unless we had a cassette recorder or something. Um, and I would say, oh, you remember that song from last week? And they'll just look at me going, no. <laughs> so I kind of learned how to write songs so that the band <laughs> would remember them. And that led to simplicity and that led to kind of hooks and yeah. stuff like that. So, yeah, it was... Well, it was Hey, it's held you in good stead. Well, yeah, I, I can't. You know, someone should have said that you shouldn't. You know, maybe go stay in your bedroom for another five years or something. But <laughs> you know, in retrospect, I'm glad they didn't. You know, those there's some great songs on 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 those first couple of Mad Turk records. It's just, um, I mean, I'm always curious, Berkey, to ask because we put out "Holding My Breath." Uh, I don't know, in whatever year it was, and we didn't really know that it was being played over here in Melbourne. Oh, nice mm. work. Thanks. And, um, oh, that's Tempest Fire. Okay. So we, um, so, so Berkey, was it, what was happening? How did you come across it? I reckon it would have been, well, we were going out probably four or five nights a week seeing music. We were just boys from the suburbs, and we'd go, have a look at that one. Oof. Uh, yeah, we were out. Hubba, hubba, hubba. <laughs> we used to go and see bands all the time. And the main act that we'd go and see always had these ripping supports. So we'd make sure we'd get there early. We'd go, we have cricket training or footy training and then hop on the tram and get into train and tram and get into town somewhere. But Triple R was always my lifeline, Chuck. You were saying that you know, when you were riding and being in your room and such, in the suburbs, if you didn't like, you know, um, Cold Chisel and Australian Crawl, you're, you're you're an out, you know, <laughs> you're just an outsider. So, but I love, I just fell in love with Triple R and, um, and and then PBS and 3CR and that's where that's where you'd hear stuff that still stands up today. And that's where I got, that's where I fell in love with um, more alternative sort of stuff. But all, all the catchy hooks and lots so of that really got me in early, Chuck. So yeah, you had me from the start. You had me at hello. <laughs> Yeah, because, uh, because we we weren't aware that I think the breakfasters were flogging, holding yeah. my breath. Yeah, and that led to tours with the Hudson Creepers, who I just love um, as a band and love as individuals. You know, oh, Rob Crow was really a beautiful man. Gee. Four, uh, what all just four fine, upstanding young men. They were such fun and really, and so we did a lot of gigs with them up and down the east coast. Um, and because of their management, eventually the Mad Turks moved to Melbourne. So it's kind of thanks to, you know, Rob Craw and all those guys that I'm here and, and you know, everything that has wonderfully unfolded, you know, kind of stems back to that. So very lucky. Mm, and, and Charles, I'm a, I'm a big one on band names um, and where they originated from. Obviously, your your name yourself being Chuck Scat at the time, and <laughs> the, the the Mad Turks of Istanbul. What a great name! Um, it's definitely one that people would remember. Um, no doubt, the location was one part, but wh where did the name come from with the Mad Turks of Istanbul? Specifically, oh, we're, just, we're just so stupid. We didn't, you know, you just make up a band name on a Friday night before the Saturday gig or something, and and there was a, we're in Adelaide, and so in North Adelaide, where we used to practice uh, and hang out, um, 
there was a, a hot dog. Now, the, anyway, like a takeaway joint, and the, and the guys that ran it ran it were Turkish, and they were bloody hilarious. They would really have a lot of fun with the crowd, you know, with, with the clientele. And so it just, you know, let's call ourselves the Mad Turks because these they weren't mad as in angry. They were mad as in crazy, kind of just zany, wonderful young guys. Um, and so that's how that turned out. <laughs> and it was just, you know, I always wanted to be in a band that was called like the, the Clash or the Who or the Beat or the Kinks or the Knack or something, you know. So that's how I, <laughs> but it yeah, never so always five letter V with five letters at the most. So you've gone, instead of the five letters, that easy roll off the tongue, you've gone, oh, yeah, what about Mad Turks from Istanbul? Just, yeah, great. I know, stupid. Like, we just obviously <laughs> thought it was hilarious at yeah. the time, but it wasn't. And we, we couldn't even register it because it was, you know, deemed as being kind of slightly, well, ra racist. And that just freaked me out completely. And <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I'm no good at band names. And then the the, the next phase after that for you um, was another memorable band name, um, which no. to me uh, evokes uh, evokes fantastic memories as a kid. Um, and that that feeling of summer for me, and oh, that's why I think it's the perfect summer band name. And and uh, to move into a band called the ice cream hands. Once again, three three names, um, and the, and you got the that in there as well. Uh, tell us how, how that how that came about because that wasn't the original name you ran with, was it? No, we started playing. Thank you, Aaron. We started playing. Um, we're called the Dishonest Johns, mm -hmm. which was one of the characters I think from um, from Wacky Races, and we really liked that name. But it's I, another uh, great name. Yeah, the and, and it worked out, you know, it was you know, it was John Howard era. And it was around the time that he was perfecting his kind of uh, divide and conquer, throw the children overboard kind of approach to politics. And which is, you know, still to this day is the way that politics works in this country. Anyway, so we thought it was a great name, but the uh, the manager at the time, this was a different manager to the previous ones she didn't like it and fair enough and so uh, ice cream i was a big fan i am a big fan of robin hitchcock uh from the soft boys and robin hitchcock solo whatever and he had a song called the flavor of flavor of night and the chorus went you yeah you with your ice cream hands and and i appreciate what you said aaron about you know in retrospect it's worked out really well because i think the sweet spot the ice cream hands is that summery upbeat uplifting kind of thing and i rebelled against it for a while there um but you know with the last record i kind of realized well this is this is what we do well we do this thing really well and you know um so let's not fight it let's make the most of it because i've got plenty of other avenues you know to do my miserable folk songs and, and, and you know my my uh, musical set pieces so um yeah in it, it it's worked out well that that name i remember having a um having a couple of jars and we we met you at um we met you at the tote the last robin hitchcock gig chuck I'm not sure if you remember it that well but <laughs> you will look i remember it very well <laughs> yeah of course Looked over, uh, looked over at one stage, and you were just—you were just like a little puppy. You looked like a little puppy. Just, oh, you knew there was a bit of a love affair then, a bit of a man crush. It's a good one to have. Yeah, look, I always, always like Robin. From I just, for me, he was just—he—he um, he was, you know, it was—it was America and England, and the crazy, beautiful parts of both was kind of Hitchcock. And I always like I always felt that that was the the Australian, not the sound, but I always liked that, you know, um, we could grab from both, and and I thought I, I kind of think that Ice Cream Hands kind of do that, and they sit in between all these wonderful English influences and and the American influences as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Hitchcock just 
he's you know it, it was like dylan you know he just sang about anything and that, and that's what you need as a songwriter otherwise you'd stop by the time you're mm. 21 or something i never got that dylan gene but I, I hear it in um i hear it in other blokes like which has cast me out and on the outer again with lots of other people but uh, yeah the dylan thing doesn't work for me but i get it through elvis elvis costello and and his cock and those sort of guys so i'm feeling it that way the, can we go back to your ice cream hands much loved by by the masses um you had didn't play for quite a number of years and then there was a gig well probably three or four years ago when you marshaled the troops back together and played at the i think it was the curtain chuck and um that went over extremely well did that have any influence on you guys getting back together and doing some more stuff or oh yeah yeah probably thanks mark um probably um we you know we because because doug from the ice cream hands had been on the shivago's records you know the last few um and then in particular the last polaroid when i'd done that i thought you know these are pop songs these are mm. these could be done by the ice cream hands and and yeah so we did that sweet in the radio 20th whatever and and off we went and it was just such fun being with them and to be selfish it was also fun not being the owner writer trainer of the particular um um, event of the particular band and it's good having other people um they're obviously the musical input but also you know just helping to get things across the line um and i was as shocked as the next person to to find out that it had been 13 years since that last record um but yeah it's been a lot of fun and 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 i've been writing songs for another ice cream hands record and um we're all pretty keen to keep it keep it going. That that's that's kind kind of like my main band focus. That that first song that I played, uh, Dave Milne, um, the drummer in the Chivagos and the piano player in the Ice Cream Hands. We're we're going to try and do a record together. We've got about six or so songs, and that's a wonderful little thing where I'll you know I'll I'll come up with the first part of it. I had, you know, that part of it, and then he'll suggest chords, beautiful chords for the next part. So we're trying to do that, you know, I'll, and it's a really interesting process for me because I'll get to the end of a, a part and stop and just send it to Dave and just say, what do you got for this next bit? So I'm trying to, you know, we're going to try and do that, just the acoustic guitar and piano and and vocal thing when we can Beautiful. um yeah there's a, so there's, there's a scoop there viewers look out for that one we'll make sure we're all over it um, i'm also i'm also sorry to jump in Berkey. i'm also um i've been doing that you know when i was in when i was on the moon when i was in my room and i'm i've got a bunch of you know nylon string songs as well like they're, they're, they're just kind of fun to write because I know that it's just going to be me and a guitar, and I know I'm really pushing the friendship I have with people <laughs> with people that like my stuff by doing yet another. Thank you, Aaron. By doing yet another um, record with me and a nylon string guitar, but it's just such a wonderful challenge as a songwriter to have to know it's just going to be you and that guitar and nothing else. It kind of makes you think a little bit differently about the song. I've been lucky yeah. enough. Gone, gone as you go. Yeah, really, really interesting you say that, Charles. The, the simplicity of when you play acoustically, um, I think, really reflects in the simplicity and the beautiful nature of some of your album covers that I've really resonated with. And in particular, this one, just a beautiful shot, um, so well done. And, and and also this part here that says so much um, about songwriting and the thought process in relation to that. Um, as something as simple as sitting in your room. Um, what's the what's the process for you with songwriting? I know things come to you probably at different times, but I mean this this beautiful shot of ice cream hands uh, that we've got here, just sitting at a cafe having a coffee, looks like Pellegrini's. Um, yeah. It's 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 a great shot. Um, how do you guys go about putting together a song, and how does that process work for you these days? 
Um, it, it always varies. With, with, with the nylon string, hang on, I'll just get it. I, I, I haven't had a nylon string guitar since I was a, you know, 15 or something. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, a, a friend at a, a shop in South Melbourne said, oh, you should try this guitar out. It's a, bit, a tune. <laughs> and he, um, and it just sounded monumental. Like if I, you know, like it just sounds, I'm about to say something important here or perhaps not um so i i just jumped right into that nylon string thing um whereas with with, with the ice cream hand songs you kind of write songs knowing you know trying to allow um harmony and trying to allow space for stuff to happen um, which is a wonderful parameter, but when, when it's just you and a, and, a, and a just you you and the nylon string, you can't. It's like yeah, you you've you've got to. It's all onto you, which is a really good parameter to have. Like I know that's a little bit vague, but it kind of um, means that you work. A little bit more on the chord progressions, and and you know because the other thing with a, with playing in a band, you know, you really learn to <clears throat> excuse me. You want to you want to write songs that are fun to play. I think if they're fun for the band to play and enjoyable, then they then it's going to be fun to hear. Um. So yeah, look. Um, I don't know whether I answered your question, Aaron, but to just go back to that artwork that you had, Dave, Dave Wayman took that wonderful photograph of the, of the trees and the water there. Um, and Ash Oswald has done all my art, well, all, of, all the album art um, from the very beginning since, I think, since Bungalow. So I've been very lucky to have um, that, that fellow by my side. Chuck, I was going to ask... Uh... It, how do you decide what goes to where? Another band that that we that we love that we've come to know and played some. Just played uh, the last time we saw you played a uh, just a three track really quick set at um, at the Mallard, and that really killed it that night with David Chivagos. How do you decide what goes where, or how does that happen? Oh, look, it's more time and and place as opposed yeah, right. to song, ex except when it got to. You know the last Polaroid when I realised that they were you know, basically pop songs, um, but I was kind of, I was just kind of keen to do something different. Well, not different, but the the solo thing started just from pure practical touring means. Um, I was uh, I was in England doing a, a, a solo tour, and they're up on the you know, up in lights was the name Ice Cream Hands, and I thought, oh goodness, this is not right. Yeah. Um, so I started doing solo records because I, you know, just wanted to travel, you know, the world, and 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 I didn't know how I could do it with the with with the band. You know, with with a band, it's obviously four flights and hotel rooms and hire cars, and if it's just you, it's just one flight and couches and buses and trains, yeah. and it's really easy or cheaper um so that's how that all came about and i had i didn't think that it would be you know quite quite such a long time in between drinks for the ice cream hands um so yeah it's not necessarily mm, well look i suppose if i write it on the nylon string i think i'm going to do it you know with me and if i if i get if yeah and and that's that's about as far as the thinking goes. If it's on the acoustic guitar, then it's probably going to end up with an ice cream hand song. But I, I, it's not as it's not as if I think, well, I'm going to need a big pop chorus with lots of loud harmonies, you know, for this song to work. I I don't think it's that cut and dried. I think that there's opportunities for the ice cream hands to do a number of different things. Um, because I figure if I keep on writing and writing and writing, then the, then there'll be enough 
great songs. If I write 20 songs, then, you know, 10 of them are going to turn out okay. Mm. One of my favourites on the new albums is uh, is Waiting, but um, it's not, I wouldn't say it's poppy, but it's, uh, it's got that little touch of melancholy and stuff, but I love it. Made it well. You go I mean, ahead. Doug's a, Doug's a beautiful songwriter, like very special songwriter. And that's another, you know, that's another part of the appeal of the Ice Cream Hands is having different songwriters and different singers. And, you know, I, I really, you know, I like being in a band. I like, you know, I didn't, I, when I was growing up, I wanted to be Chris Difford from UK Squeeze. <laughs> I wanted to write the lyrics and I want to just hang at the back and kind of just play the, uh, play the rhythm guitar and get up and sing Cool for Cats every now and then. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I yeah, the, 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 I became I became the lead singer because I was the one writing the songs. You know, it wasn't as if I was pining to be to be the guy under the spotlight. I kicked and screamed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very interesting, Chuck. Because uh, there's no doubt in the last uh, little while, there's um, you, you're an incredible frontman, and also you've seen your band's name go up in lights finally here with a with a big billboard in Melbourne which is fantastic to see there's one at, there's a picture of one at night there and and one up during the day uh, how's, how's the new album been with ice cream hands and how's it been received so far it's it's gone really well thanks the you know it's a obviously an odd time to put out a record but that you know that's okay that's no big deal yep that's Ash Oswald again with his artwork um, um, has it been, you look that, you know, that I, most importantly, the, the fans of the band have been so effusive about it. That's what I really like. Mm -hmm. You know, they've really embraced it. Um, the real estate with regard to, uh, reviews and, and all of that is just a bit more difficult these days. You know, the, the media has changed, um, but it's been, yeah, look, and, and I just love, I just love the whole process of it. You know, we'd, I'd go, I'd send the demo to Doug and he'd soup it up. And then, you know, we had to piece it together kind of thing because we could never really afford a large studio. And then, and then by the time we got to around to finishing it, COVID had kicked in. So we had to do it kind of individually. Um, but yeah, I, can I can I play a song off the off the record on the guitar? Sure, absolutely. We'd love you to. Okay. I'm kind of happy every morning when the sun comes up. Kind of happy every evening when the sun goes down. And everyone moves on. Except when they don't move along I'm kind of happy every morning to be heading west Kind of happy every evening coming home back east And everyone gets along Except when they don't get Long. You and I are always handing out flyers, flyers no one ever reads. You and I are always hanging on a wire, a wire no one ever sees. Just general wear and tear. I wanna hold you if you're not there. Just general wear and tear. I wanna hold you when you're nowhere. I'm kinda happy every morning when the sun comes up. Kinda happy every evening when the sun goes down. And everyone gets along, except when they don't get along. You 
good I'm always standing out the flyers Flyers, no one ever eats You and I are always hanging on a wire A wire no one ever sees Just genuine wear and stare I wanna hold you but you're not there Just genuine wear and stare I wanna hold you but you're nowhere just That's my technical supervisor in the background. Sorry about that, everyone. Yeah, lucky you couldn't hear her. There was no uh, no special effects introduced there. That was all was all natural. <laughs> Great to see Charles. Um, thanks yes. for that. Uh, really appreciate that, and I, I really wish you well um, on this new album. It's hard to believe. Uh, Thirteen years on, still a <laughs> bloody marvelous band was Bernard Zul's uh, quote there in review. So. So great to see, um, and we look forward to being able to tour that album as soon as we get out of lockup. But uh, one thing I'm definitely looking forward to is is probably I'm gonna I'm gonna out this now, but it's probably Melbourne's best kept secret in my opinion. Uh, Monday nights at the Retreat Hotel, it's unbelievable uh, to be able to sit in a sit in a room and and feel a connection with you, Charles. Um, you've been an institution at that place, uh, no doubt. Uh, here's a little picture of the outside of the Retreat Hotel. Great little bar in Brunswick. Um, we can't wait to be able to do that again. If anyone could see this footage, you'll see I'm sitting at the Retreat right now in the front bar where we'd love to take take pride of place on a Monday night. Um, <laughs> what's, the, what's the Retreat been like for you, Charles, after all this time? Um, and how hard is it right now in, in a lockdown, a lock-up phase? Um, to be not be able to get out there and play gigs again. Um, well, first second question first. I I don't really mind. Look, I miss the retreat. I don't really. You know, the ice cream hands will eventually tour. Um, but it's kind of weird, you know. Like when when a band tours, like. You make your money in Melbourne, you break even in Sydney, and then you lose all your money in Brisbane. You know, that's that's the way that the tours right. tend to go. Yeah. Um, but I do miss the retreat. I do miss that interaction, and, and it's and it's the ease of it as well. I can get there, and I can I'm in control of the sound. It's just a little PA, and 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 the bar staff join in, and the people there join in, and um, and it's it's eight, well, and I, I've I've done a fair few residencies over the years. That's probably yeah, quite easily the longest. I, I I first started playing, doing doing residencies. You know, when I was seventeen, I just lucked out and got this gig at a at a coffee shop in Adelaide called Gingers, and I think I got paid twenty five bucks and a ham and cheese toasty every <laughs> every Tuesday night. Bottom, um, yeah. Yeah, and um, no tomato, and then um, then it, and so I've done. You know, I did a bunch of them. Smiley and I from the Ice Cream Hands um, did about a year at oh, the Dan O'Connell Hotel um, on a Sunday night, and that was an amazing one. I've had Kerry Simpson and Andrew Pendlebury. And the incredible David Hosking, who I really think is the best songwriter in Melbourne, like an amazing songwriter that I learned so much from seeing him every week. And then um, Dave Milne and on drums and Maddie Vale on piano and myself on acoustic guitar did a did a couple of years at the at the Brunswick Green uh, on a Sunday afternoon there, and I I just learned so much about performing i think because it was just so loose we'd make songs go for 10 minutes you know we just didn't 
we just enjoyed the thing that we were doing. And, and, and I suppose I might, oh, I don't know if I should, how to say this without sounding rude, but, you know, when the ice cream hands play because of the harmonies and because of everything in, in, in place, it, it, the this, this song is performed the same way each time, you know, because there's all these different elements that have to work to go together to make it work. Um, and, I'm, and I'm right into that at, 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 at the moment. But at that time, I just really enjoyed not having to do that, to be able to sing however you felt like and, and slow it down, and speed it up and all that stuff. Um, I, I, look, I do. And, and oh, the Royal Derby? Yeah. It's just yeah, down the road. Yeah. Okay. They had a Sunday night thing there. And this was, this was really early on in my kind of solo thing. And up until then, I'd been in... Um, yeah, I'd been in the Mad Turks and, um, and, you know, that was just like a barrage of noise. That's how we'd kind of, you know, get people's attention. Um, and I was doing these solo gigs and I still remember, um, you know, there'd only be 10 people in the audience and five of them would be playing pool. Um, mm. And I remember I played a song and they stopped and they listened. And that was one of the most, <laughs> it was just an amazing thing to be able to do it with just an, a nylon string guitar. And, and, and it was this, have we, have we got time? Can I play this song? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. So, so I've never actually recorded this song. I don't know why, but it was this, um, maybe you got something more than me. To help you to decide just what secrets you have that abound. I forgot the lyric. <laughs> Will be kept inside. I bet he's with you now. I bet he's kept his youth. It's just struck me now. I'm no longer bulletproof. And on it went. And I, and I just remember kind of driving home, like triumphantly, because that was the first time I'd been able to kind of stop people with a song. Prior to that, it was just noise was a big part of it, if you know what I mean. Hmm. So, yeah, that, 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 they're all the resonances, uh, resonances. I'm sure I've forgotten others. But, you know, there's lots of great gigs I've been able to play. There's... I was thinking about it. Um, there's this wonderful gig that I did in Aranjuez, which is this little town outside of Madrid, and I've got a very dear friend that lives there, and we, I played this great gig. It was only great because he was up on stage with me, and he would, uh, I would give the song introduction, and he would translate it into Spanish and tell the crowd. I really, really loved that. There was another gig that... Um, it's, it's all the gigs that go a little bit kind of pear-shaped that, that you remember. You know, they're, yeah, they're the ones that, that, that you recall. So there was a gig that I did. Um, it was, oh, that's okay. So it, it was, um, I did this trip across the States a long time ago, and it was me on, on it was just me and, and the, the manager. And um, he said, how many gigs do you want to do? And I said, we're going a long way. You're like, well, I should play every night of the week. And he said, right, okay, no worries. And I sh in retrospect, I should have said, I should play a good gig every night of the week. So he, he, he booked anywhere that he could, you know, these ridiculous kind of gigs. And then I was also doing early morning TV, like there was Good Morning New Orleans and Good Morning Nashville and Good Morning Memphis and all this stuff. And and and." You know, I'd done about 20 gigs in a row up late at night and then about five gigs in a row up five o'clock in the morning. And I remember this gig because it just went so badly, but it was at the, the Peacock Hotel in, in Memphis, which is famous for, um, it's got a fountain in the foyer and the ducks come across out of the river and make their way across, you know, some eight lane freeway. 
and and stop all the traffic and get to the Peacock Hotel. Peacock? I hope it's the Peacock. Peabody? And um, and swim in the fountain and do their thing. And we they were shooting that episode of Good Morning Memphis from there, from the foyer of that hotel. And I did, um, I did I Want to Be Your Record Collection, Hello, Jenny Jones. And I did that song and I'd done it, you know, for a sound check and, and you'd, you'd know how um, every second counts in, in, in TV land. Like it's just time down to the millisecond. And I did it at sound check and the song went for three minutes. And then when I went to do it, you know, live at 7.30 a.m. or something, I had this panic attack and I completely lost control of my strumming hand. There's just tiredness and just, I don't know, no, I don't know, not looking after myself. And um, so I bailed on the song about two, two minutes into a three-minute song. And, of course, everyone's thinking there's another minute to go and they're having a dart and they're having a coffee and all of a sudden I finished and there's this mad scramble and I just felt terrible. <laughs> I can let everyone down. It was really just terrible. And then later on that day, I went to Graceland um, to pay my respects and I was in the gift shop and this family walked up and said, we saw you on Good Morning Memphis this morning and, and you were fantastic. Oh. And I said, thank you very much, <laughs> knowing that I, I was not fantastic at all. <laughs> so, yes, those really weird ones. Hey, the, hey, can I say one more? This other one occurred to me. When, like, the, the biggest gig, the Mad Turks, and, and Ice Cream Hands did wonderful, like, big day out gigs and all of that. That They were such fun. And there's a wonderful gig up in Brisbane I do as a solo, you know, solo called The Junk Bar that's really special. And I have to say, all the house concerts I do, like, they're my favourite. They, they're just such fun to, you know, to eat with people and, and drink with people and hang out with people and then go play. And, you know, I just like that kind of solidarity. It doesn't, I don't like the performer kind of, well, anyway. But there was this Mad Turks gig. It was at um, Footy Park. Um, 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 <clears throat> West Lakes, you know, used to be the, yeah. the, the, the footy park. Uh, and it was, I think, in excess were on the top of the bill. And, you know, James Rain was there and Hunters and Collectors, I don't know, all the models, I think. Anyway, lots of big bands. And Mad Turks were first on at, you know, 11.45 a.m. And um, the day before, uh, I, 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 I was asked to do an interview the day before, um, John Schumann from Redgum was um, he, he was wearing like an entertainment reporter hat at that time for Channel 10. And so this gig was coming to town and plus the circus, the circus was in town as well. So it was decided that I would go and meet him in, in West Park or wherever, where the Is circus this a dream was. Or this actually happening? Is it a look? There go. Keep going. And um, <laughs> the story does end. And then... Um, so I, I go and I go and catch up with John Schumann, who's just such a wonderful fella. And it's so they're plugging the circus and they're plugging the gig. And someone thinks it's a really good idea to give me a, a baby or to give me a lion cub to hold whilst I'm being interviewed by John Schumann, which which might have been a really good idea uh, for everyone except the mother of that lion cub who was only about 20 feet away and throughout the entire interview she just rightfully roared and roared and i couldn't be so what are you looking forward to the gig tomorrow charles <laughs> you just couldn't, couldn't hear me at all because this <laughs> this lioness was fucked off about the fact that taking away a baby cub. and lots so, yeah. of fries goodness man lots of fries <laughs> Oh, well, look, Sorry, that was a really long-winded answer, isn't it? Sorry. <laughs> I think I Chuck, um, going back to the residency thing, my, at the Brunswick Grain and the retreat, my old boss has got invoices for you for everything, all those Mondays and Tuesdays I used to rock in and not do any work, but I'll get them in the post to you at some stage. But like, just tremendous times, tremendous times. We had a, used to have a ball. It was, it was always, you always knew you were going to get a great show and you'd bring someone as a friend and they'd be a fan for life. So you have that ability in you to um to draw people, and it's not just about the songs and the playing and and the voice. 
and your, you know, handsomely good looks and locks. But it's the stories you tell. Now, we love hearing these stories. So don't go changing all that as well. We, we'd love to hear it. My, my last one, half, half full, half empty. What's the, what's the future for Chuck? Well, I'm, I'm really happy. I'm, I'm, I, yeah, I think there have been times where I thought, oh, maybe I should become a baker or something. Maybe I should drive a bus because I have no, you know, I eventually got some qualifications as a, as a teacher. I eventually did a master's in, well, it's in song, it, master's in music, but it's really, I, the master's for me was in lyric writing technique. So I can teach songwriting. So I'm very lucky to be able to do that. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, but the, the, the future is just more more records. Like I still just, that's a great photograph. That was the last gig at, oh, my God, that was, yes. My God, pure pop records. I did a lot of gigs there. Thank you for that photograph. Um, they were fun. You know, I really learned songwriting um, a lot. I don't know. Like I, I, used, I used pure pop, that courtyard, as a, as a as a kind of songwriting technique because I would play songs there and certain songs would work and the audience would shut up because you're up against it because it's a sunny afternoon, it's free to get in, lots of beer, and people are with friends and you're there with an acoustic guitar, which is more <laughs> or less, hey, there's an acoustic guitar, let's talk. So I, you know, you would play a song and everyone would shut up and listen and then you would play another song and you would lose them. So I had to go away and kind of figure that out. You know, why would certain songs work and why certain songs wouldn't? And I kind of use that in 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 the teaching that I do these days to come back to your question. Um, so I I teach at university and 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 at other kind of places, and I do one-on-one -on -one, uh, songwriting tuition. And basically, it's only because I've made so many mistakes. And I just try and say, hey, I can shortcut a few years here if you don't do this and don't do that, don't do this. So they're, they're, they're fun. The, the, the big, uh, another thing that I really hope to do more of are these songwriting commissions. Berkey, you might be aware of these things where I write songs for people's birthdays and uh, I wrote one for Father's Day for a fella and I wrote the last one I did was for two dogs end of sentence for two dogs and um, and so I, I really like those like it's a fun way to spend a day people send me the background and I just put it together and make it rhyme and come up with a tune so yeah they're there you know that's what's kind of going on you know I'd, I'd like to cross the Andes but you know apart from that <laughs> now I don't want to take over here Aaron but um, I just wanted to just wanted to say the other thing is that you get a track for me for my birthday, which uh, thank you everyone for organising that one, and thanks to family and friends. But going on a Chuck Jenkins gig over the over the years, I've met some of my dearest and closest friends going to these gigs. Uh, people just say hello to the first time or say hello to, but it's it's like a kindred spirit. We're all there to support you and all there to, to pump you up as much as we can. So um, with that one, I'll I'll leave you to it and. It's been a pleasure spending the time with you, mate. So I hope to do so again soon. Oh, the other thing, let's get a plug in. These house shows, they are tremendous. It's one of my favourite things to have an artist at home. And um, so we're, we're organising another one soon for Chuck. But anyone wants to get in contact, we're, uh, we can pass a great man's number on and get you in contact with him. So Thanks. Yeah, no, I love them. I really just... Yeah, the, the, those things and the commission and the teaching and and I still just love writing songs. You know, I love you know the 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 whole kind of um, you know when it's the one on one things, it's it's like you're, you're given a puzzle, and I I can't you know I don't do crosswords or anything like that, but I really like the songwriting puzzle. You know, trying to figure out how can we make this thing better. So anyway, yeah, look, I I love the house concert. So if anyone wants to, you know, I'd love. To do more as Victoria White Yeah, look, thanks a lot for your time, Chuck. There's no doubt we can help increase the footprint of venues um, being in everyone's lounge room. 
Um, that'd be fantastic if we were able to pull that off and get some more local artists playing in lounge rooms around Melbourne. Um, I look forward to seeing that very much so, Berkey. So let's get it on the list and let's get it happening as soon as we're allowed to. Um, <laughs> let's let's try and get past past the 10 people allowed because it's, it's a shame to have any less in the room than that for Chuck. So Chuck, I'd really like to thank you for your time. I uh, really appreciate it. I just want to finish with this. Have you got one... I know you're working with a lot of artists and you're doing your songwriting workshops with a lot of different talent at the moment. Um, one particular younger artist that you'd, you'd like to make sure that we've all seen or, or heard, anyone, anyone out there that, we really, that really resonates with where you're at at the moment? Well, that's a good question. Um, oh, I'm going to drop, I'm going to just drop my son's band. Yeah, drop the Karate Boogaloo. My son Henry plays in that band, and I just think are astronomical. And, you know, I, I'm, when you talk about gigs and not being able to play gigs, you know, they had a tour of Europe booked that they couldn't do. My mum was going to Ireland. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I, I, I love Karate Boogaloo. I've watched these kids. They're all in their mid-20s now, and I've watched them develop from obviously from birth, but the band from, you know, for 10 years or so, Cactus Channel onto Creative Boogaloo. And I just think they're the bee's knees. They're just wonderful human beings and wonderful musicians. And, yeah, don't tell them, but they, you know, they really teach me a lot about, about the world and about music and about um, empathy and, and sensitivity and, and yeah. It's not the best answer I've ever given in my life, but it's not the worst. <laughs> Love it. That's all right. I'd like to, uh, once again, once again, Charles, I really appreciate your time on a Sunday afternoon. I love spending time with you. So I know Berkey does. We really appreciate it, and we hope we can, we can spread your love to the wider audience. Um, we look forward to getting out there and seeing a gig together, um, and no doubt you're on the top of the list. So we look forward to catching Good. up again and really appreciate your time. Thanks, Charles. Aaron, thanks so much. Berkey, thanks so much. You guys are so such wonderful gentlemen. Thanks very much indeed. I look forward to doing it again. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Au revoir. Berkey, how good was that? Lucky to spend uh, half an hour with Chuck, or a little bit longer than half an hour. We nearly spent an hour with Chuck, so how good was that? Oh, yeah, he's tremendous. And he's just a great great artist, great man, great human being. You know, all, that, all those superlatives that you throw, we throw around really easily, but he's just, he's, he's fair dinkum and just a lovely man. We, <laughs> I'll just tell a quick story. As I know we haven't got way over time. Chuck came for, for he, he came for a gig at our place and he was going to get there at seven o'clock and come on at eight and, and play till 11. He ended up getting to our place at four o'clock in the afternoon and a couple of glasses of red wine turned into a couple of bottles and he didn't start playing till nine. And then we, we ended up in the pool at about three o'clock in the morning, but that's that's what can happen. You invite Charles Jenkins over for a part for a house gig, so be prepared. But it's just a, a and people still talk about it, it's just a great night. So um yeah, if we can get once things do open up, yeah, house gigs are the way to go for the for the short term. So thanks as for what um look look forward to doing that and, and really appreciate you uh, reaching out to Chuck and getting him on. So we look forward to the next artist we're having. I just want to give a really quick plug to our uh, walk that we're doing, Berkey, for October. Mm -hmm. Um, yep. for the Black Dog Institute, um, raising money for mental health. Um, and we're absolutely flying at the moment, just to let you know. Uh, we've reached our $1,000 goal, um, which was, I thought at the time, a little bit ambitious for $1,000, given the current state of play. And we're, we're over that four days in. So I'm, I'm super impressed with that. So we've got a bit of work to do, Berkey, to keep up, uh, keep this walk happening and make sure we're out there. Uh, but most importantly, we did this, to support a charity and support someone um, and support things close to us, which is definitely men's mental health in general, but mental health also of everyone. Um, and it was just the first charity that we thought of. We're going to align ourselves to someone else maybe in the next month or so as well for the for November. Not sure it's going to be Movember because uh, there's not too many follicles <laughs> that touch this uh, face. So I might have to find another way. But uh, I look forward to having a chat about what we're going to do next, Berkey, and um make sure you have a good week mate let's chat again and i think we'll source source our next special guest um no doubt 
we're we're setting the standard very high with Chuck as well. So um, I'm not sure we can get much higher quicker. But let's let's uh, dig the barrel, um, put the feelers out, and see who we can find, Berkey. I'll do my best, mate. I'll do my best. Just want to say a big thank you to everyone that has supported us too. As uh, while we're wrapping Absolutely. up, it's uh, whilst my hammies and uh, hammies and my goat are saying stop, we've got to stop doing this. But um, yeah, thanks for all the support, guys. It's been tremendous, and it is tricky at the moment uh, financially, and for you to go above and beyond, it's we really do appreciate it. So lots of love to you guys as well. Yeah, we really appreciate everyone that's jumped on and and passed the chat or. Or a great way, as a couple of people mentioned, Jenny Jones and Darren Cummings, a great way to spend a Sunday Arvo. And I look forward to uh, going having a quiet beverage and reflection of this great show we've had with Chuck. So let's do it again soon, Berkey. All right, mate. All the best. Lots of love. Speak soon. Chat soon, mate. Thank yeah, you. Bye.